When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook betting app. With the great Brad Alice, I'm Mike Luke. All right, we're going to talk some Arizona football. We're going to talk some Arizona basketball here. But Brad, um, obviously, been about 48 hours since uh, we talked on the post game. Just wanted to get your take in, you know, after kind of digesting everything, where are we at with Arizona football? Frankly, where we almost hope they'd be. I right. Mean, the result aside, 49 points sucks. But if I told you three and three right. at this point with, uh, you know, the wins over the teams they beat, I think we don't take it. Right. Um, you know, we weren't, we, we thought we were getting last year's San Diego State. They're not a very good football team this year. Mm-hmm. It's weird seeing how bad they've slipped. In it really years. is, isn't it? Um, you know, North Dakota State shouldn't have the athletes to, to beat Arizona on the road. And neither should Colorado. So Arizona, I think the really the only disappointing game to me from a result standpoint is Cal, just right. because I feel like Arizona kind of blew that game with those turnovers. Um, otherwise, you know, Oregon's better. Do I think they're really whatever forty nine to twenty something? But no, it probably should have been thirty five. Um, but yeah, it was a it's Oregon's ability to run the ball. It was a bit of a surprise to me, even though I know they're a running team, but that effectively, which may, does worry me when they face Utah and USC, who are just you know so much more physical up front. Right. And not that right. Oregon's not physical up front. Oregon has you know Oregon's a loaded roster. They may mm-hmm. actually still have the best roster in the Pac-12. Keep in mind, these are Mario Cristobal. No matter what you thought of him as a coach, recruited at a top ten level. Yeah, and I and I think you know obviously Lanning is is. Got a lot to prove, but he's also proven he's not a terrible coach. Georgia right. result withstanding. Um, that seems like a game that obviously Oregon's had a few of those uh, over the years but because they're trying to schedule nationally as opposed to regionally. Right. Um, so, yeah, are there concerns with the defense? Yes. But we've had cons- – other than really the showing against San Diego State, the defense has been suspect all year. Do you Now, what do you do about it, though? That's my question is that right now um, – 
teams go at Arizona and they just basically say, all right, we're going to run right at you and we're going to continue to run right at you. And there's been nothing that Arizona can do. I mean, you look at it um, from North Dakota State to Cal to now, uh, obviously, Oregon. The blueprint is out that we're going to run right at you. And Arizona has not been able to make any adjustments. Yeah, they at some point, they're just not going to run out of it because they don't have the bodies. Right. Um, you know, I'm looking at the depth chart right now. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, Hunter Eccles and Jalen Harris up front and then everyone else, freshman, redshirt, freshman, sophomore, sophomore, redshirt, freshman, you know, sophomore, freshman, redshirt, junior, but he's a walk-on in Mercier, Jason Harris, redshirt, freshman. I mean, that's your, that's your front line. I mean, there's, there's two seniors and a couple juniors mixed in and, um, you know, one of those uh, freshmen is a 210-pound defensive end. Another one's a 230-pound redshirt defensive end. Um, you know, going to your linebacker core. Uh, yeah, you got Jerry Roberts. You know who else you have? Freshman, redshirt freshman, freshman, right. redshirt freshman, redshirt junior. Uh, some of the guys you brought in to bolster that group haven't panned out. You know, Mercier's been moved to defensive end. Malik Reed is not sniffing this group. Um, you know, the, the kid from, uh, Michigan, Michigan, Anthony Solomon, he's not in the three deep at linebacker right now. So those are strikeouts by Arizona. Now what Arizona do, they went after well-regarded young players from the big 10 and so far it didn't work. Um, you know, they struck out on a few other guys, you know, Mercier's not been an impact player, although he's a walk on, uh, but Warnell's the third string boundary safety. Right. Um, you know, they've, you know, rough the third is behind Stoops. Uh, so, yeah, so they're, they have not done as well defensive um, transfer portal recruiting as they have on the offensive side. The guys coming into the seat or the guys coming into the year and Ron Ron said it's a very young defense, but it's fair to say the defense has regressed from last year. And I guess that's a little bit of my concern is that you look at it and it's basically the same defense, except you brought in Hunter Eccles, who's been who's been good. Um and you bring back pretty much everybody. And it's not like last year's team was the Desert Swarm. Didn't they lose two big defensive tackles, huh? Uh, you had uh, – true, oh, true, true, true. Yes, you lost you two. You lost Trayvon Mason and uh, – and, uh, and, he, and he didn't do a whole lot, but Diallo was a big body you plugged yep, in. For sure, for sure. Uh, and you replace him essentially with, what, Savea and – Paris Shan. Uh, yeah, and Savea has been a little bit of a disappointment. You know who I thought though was I was I was hoping was going to really be able to take that next step, especially with how he played last year. I was really hoping the Keon Bars was going to be a disruptor this year because keep in mind last year five and a half sack or five sacks in ten games played really well at the end preseason for second team all conference. He just doesn't have those momentum momentum changing plays that I think a lot of people were hoping that would happen. No, and and additionally he hasn't been a great plug the middle guy, or if he has. He's not doing and he can't do enough right uh, to help out the other spots. And again, it's tougher to scheme for defense than it is for offense when right. you don't have the bodies. If I don't have the bodies on offense, there's a lot of gimmicky stuff I can do. Mm-hmm. For sure. Rich Rod proved that. Yeah. You know, I can go with, uh, you know, gadget plays. I can go with uh, dump offs. I can go with. Uh, I can do play- things to get my guys in space. Exactly. With defense, at the end of the day, yeah, you can do some gimmicky blitzes. You can do some gimmicky stunts. At the end of the day, if they line up their 11 and their 11 is better than your 11, you're 
you're you're toast. Right. Um are there things I think Nansen and, and crew could probably do? Yeah. And again, I haven't seen much of the Oregon game. I'll be right. perfectly honest there. I just it's I recorded it off of a, uh, off of FUBU or whatever you call it and right. just didn't right. have the heart to watch it yet. So I can't tell you, you know, I know people are killing his scheme. I think more than anything, it's just a bodies thing. And right. you're in year two of a rebuild. And if it was easy to go to the transfer portal and find enough players to bolster your defense, everyone would do it. Right. Um, and when you have big-time schools mining the transfer portal, it's tougher for Arizona uh, to get some of those guys. And again, they were able to get a few. Uh, they were just more successful but on offense. We're, we're going to find out a little bit about that, and I think that's the next uh, point uh, to get to here in just a second. But two things. Four Peaks Brewery, the official brew of PHNX. Um, great stuff going on up there in Tempe. If you want to go up there, and uh, this is the place, that's the place to be up there. But Four Peaks Brewery also has going to have uh, drinks, uh, drinks down at Tap and Bottle Downtown as the great Kevin Woodman makes his return to the Tap and Bottle Watch Party, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, Saturday at 2.30. Uh, also, more furniture, morfurniture.com. Um, check, uh, check it out. Uh, they um, were able to basically redo the entire PHNX studios. Looks absolutely fantastic. Morefurniture.com for both. Check the links in the description. Okay. Um, we're going to find out the resourceful nature of Jed Fish, though, this offseason because, again, this is going to be you, – you did a good job of revamping the, uh, the receiving core, the skill position, guys, for sure. The next step is going to be getting bigger on the line. I don't think that there's any doubt about that. And you're going to have to you really use those contexts to get guys that can come in here and be able to play. Yeah, if it's me, and again, we've seen mixed results, I'm leaning towards going to smaller conferences and trying to bring guys up. Okay. Um, that was what you did with Jacob Cowing. That is what you did with Jerry Roberts. Uh, you know, Diallo to a lesser extent. Um, you know, there was that one linebacker from, from the Mac, but he, his uh, Trey, like, Trey, Sean Hayward, but yeah. that was more of an yeah. off the field thing. That, um, sure. I think you want to get a proven guy and you're going to roll the dice on whether he can play against better competition, mm -hmm. then get the guy full of potential who hasn't lived up to it. Now in a perfect world, you go get the third string guy at Alabama who doesn't want to wait his turn. Right. Uh, but you know what? He's gonna probably gonna go to Arizona, right? <laughs> so go get the next Jerry Robbins. Go get the next Jacob Cowling. Guys right. who have played a couple years in the MAC or the, the the Conference USA or the AAC, who want to play in the Pac-12, uh, who you want to play, uh, you know, who want to go and play USC and Utah and Oregon instead of Bowling Green and Central Michigan and. I think that's the better route because if you look at it, they've just done better that way. Right. Um, you know, there's some can't miss guys. Jaden Delar was can't miss. Right. Uh, Jacob Cowling was kind of close to can't miss. You didn't know how good he would be, but you knew he'd be good. But the fact is that was a guy who just wanted to – there's a couple of things. A, he wanted to prove himself at a higher level. B, he wanted to get closer to home. Right. Um, you know, it just hasn't worked yet with Malik Reed and, and Solomon and – even to a lesser extent, Savea hasn't really proven himself yet. For every right. Hunter Eccles, you've had more guys who have all the ability. Um, but in many ways, it's like when Arizona lands a four-star. Uh, a lot of times there's a reason USC didn't put the full-court press on. So 
Right. Um, that would be my philosophy again, but I'm also doing it based upon not breaking down hours of film on each kid. Or and and frankly, you know what? Some of those guys were brought in for for political reasons, and I don't mm-hmm. and I don't mean that in a bad way. For sure. But you brought in a lot of these guys from Arizona high schools to open up doors to Arizona high schools. Mm-hmm. And you're counting on if they're not good enough that at least they can say good things about the process, the good things about the school, and that the head coaches at that school recognize why they're not playing and will still open doors for you. What do you think Uh, about, what do you think about Dave Hammond's question right here? Is Washington worse than advertised or did ASU write the ship? I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by this Washington game, to be honest with you, because Washington, if you watch them, they've, they've looked terrible the last two weeks and again, your guy Trenton Borgay goes in there, uh, um, looked really good against them, and quite frankly, it looked like uh, it, ASU looked like a better team, which was crazy to say because Washington looked so good early on in the season. Yeah, but who, who did Washington look good against? That's true. That's very That's true. That's what it really, I think, comes down to. I mean, right? Uh, they've had as much as we like to pan ASU. Uh, they're, they're better than some of the non-conference schools, that- right? Um, so, yeah, so Washington, again, you have a, a first-year coaching staff. There's always some rockiness with that. Um, you know, you wonder if you're the prior staff, you probably know Borgay a little bit better. Right. Um, you're prepared for that. You're not prepared if, you know, Fresno State never – we probably heard of Trenton Borgay. No offense. But, right. Um, whereas – so, yeah, so I think that probably took them by surprise. Uh, so I think – in, in, in reality, Washington's probably exactly who we thought they were beginning of the year. They just looked so good in the early season that we overinflated them, and, and rightfully so. They played really well early on. They've come back down to earth. Um, we're going to see that with some other teams in the Pac-12, including kind of Arizona. Right. You know, now that Arizona's getting the thick of it, they're coming back down to earth. Oregon State coming back down to earth a little bit, even though they still look pretty good the other night. Uh, but needed that big play to beat a mediocre Stanford team. So, yeah, we're going to see that. Um, that's the point of the 12-game season. Everything kind of – You find out who you are. Yes. Let's, let's talk some Arizona hoops now because we got media day coming up here. But first, the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Here's the deal. You can put down just 5 bucks on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. You might say to yourself, William Brad Ellis is a Chiefs fan. The Chiefs are playing tonight. I'm going to go with William Brad Ellis, and I'm going to take the Chiefs. That's what you would do. That's how easy it is. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even better, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. It's simple. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX at DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And tap and bottle. The place to be for all the away game watch parties. Uh, 2.30. Well, it's going to start at 2 this Saturday. Kevin Woodman is going to be there. Brad, are you coming? I'll be there at least for a little bit. Awesome. And I believe Anthony Gimino is going to be there. Our good friend, John Schuster. A lot of the OGs should be up there. So it should be a good time. Ben White's flying into town as well. So a lot of, uh, a lot of good, a lot of good stuff right there. We'd love to see it. Um, all right. Now let's talk Arizona hoops because media day is here tomorrow. 
And one thing that I've come to learn about Tommy Lloyd is when you watch him, I think a lot of people have this idea that he's kind of this aw shucks, this happy-go-lucky guy. But Brad, in the past, when he said things, they turned out to be true, like we've talked about with Christian Coloco, last year's team being really good. Um, when he was asked about this year's team, he said, you know, I've got a lot to work with here. And I think that surprised me a little bit, mainly just because when I look at the roster, I don't see a national title contender, but that might not even be what he was getting at. But you can tell he has high expectations for Pella Larson. I believe that he's he's obviously he's a big fan of Kirk Creesa. What are what are your expectations? What are your actually let me put, let me put it to you like this. How do you feel? And I'm going to go player by player. What do you want to see out of Pella Larson this year? Uh, I want to see him about 10% better. Okay. Then the guy we saw at the end of the year when fully healthy. Right. Uh, I want to see a guy who, if he's in the starting lineup, puts up, you know, slightly better numbers, or if he's coming off the bench, can provide a little more offense to spark just that right. all around player. Right. Um, do you, do you believe that? Okay. So if he's a 10.4 rebound, three assist guy, you taking that? Yeah. Okay. Azulis Tabellis. What do you want to see out of him? I want to see him challenge for Pac-12 player of the year. Mm -hmm. And honestly, he should be able to eight, do that. 18 we, and eight. Because we've seen, we've seen him uh, go against some of the best players out there, and we've seen what he can do. Again, I think back to his freshman year against the Mobley brothers where he dropped 31 and eight as a true freshman. He's got it. I just think that – I just hope that he's in the right frame of mind mentally because, again, he has to be the best player on this team. If it's somebody else, then something went wrong. I mean, who's a better big man in the Pac-12? I mean, no one yeah. should be. That's the point. Right. No one should I mean, be. There, right. there are some candidates, but you know, there's not. I mean, again, it's not a great big man league, anyways. But yeah, but yeah. that's what that's what you're looking. I agree with you. Eighteen and eight, something like that, and an impactful eighteen and eight. When you play the best teams in the conference, when you play your Oregon's, when you play your uh, uh, your UCLA's, your USC's, he's the guy out there that looks like okay, he matters. All right, now Umar Bawo. What do you want to see from him? I want to see him earn the and keep the starting job. Right. Because that means he's playing at a high level. I want to see him be some version of the guy we saw at Red Blue. Right. Um, and even if that's just a 10 and 9 guy, eight, mm -hmm. a 9 and 9 guy, I'm fine with that. But I want him to be a guy who, when he plays smaller teams, he makes them pay with his size. Um, and on the offensive end, I want him to do kind of what Zeus did. And that's just eat up space. Right. Zeus opened up a lot of room for other players. Mm -hmm. uh, both on the offensive and defense. He never blocked a shot. Can he be better than Zeus? Yeah, I think he can be better. I, Numbers-wise, yeah. Right. yeah, Significantly, no, because I think Zeus is underrated. Right. Because um, Zeus was a perfect role player. You just don't want that. The fans didn't want that out of a five-star. Right. Um, now, Kirk Kreese. To me, Kirk Kreese is very simple. I don't necessarily need him to be the um, – I don't need him to be the guy that is uh, – you know, scoring 18 a game. I just need him to be more efficient. I need him to be able to just shoot better because again, when you're out there and you're not a very good defensive player, which maybe he could become marginal, but he's never going to be a, he's never going to be a Reggie Geary. He's never going to be a Jason Terry, a guy like that. I need you. I, he, I need him to be able to shoot 42, 43% from the field, 38% from three. If he can flirt with 39 or 40% from three, we're in good shape. Exactly. Now, Courtney Ramey, what do you want to see out of him? What I want to see out. What out do you of him want is, to see out of him? What I want to see out of him is him be the second best player on the team. Because if right. he does that, if he is an impact player, and not because other guys aren't stepping up, I want to see right. him 
be the guy he should have been after his last year with uh, Smart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a fourteen point a game guy, a guy who can take over a game when he needs to at times, a guy who can be a distributor. If he does that, then Arizona has a very good chance of being um, maybe not a national title contender, but a team that you could pencil into the maybe the elite eight. So we're told, um, so you're looking maybe you'd like to see something like if he can do it again you'd like to see something like 12 points per game. Yeah, can he be even senior year Kyle Fogg? Mm-hmm. Senior year Gabe York, but on better teams. Right. Um, oh, if you t- if you can get senior year Kyle Fogg out of him, then you hit a home run. Yeah. Um. You know, again, a guy who occasionally can take over, but but is is just an impact player. Right. Um. Because, again, I think guard play is the big question on this team. Because I think Arizona right. has one of the best front lines, frankly, in the nation, potentially. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, okay, now looking at the uh, – on the in, in the backcourt, well, guys coming off the bench then. Then you've got Adama Ball. And I've said this from day one. I believe Adama Ball is the ultimate wild card here. Um, if you were to tell me that he's going to average four and a half points per game and play 14 to 15 minutes, okay. If you were going to tell me that he was going to average nine to ten – and he was going to play 23 minutes. Okay. I can see the way. I have no clue what to expect out of him. And I don't either. I think the perfect scenario is he is such a good scorer that he pushes Larson back to the bench. That's right. the perfect world. That he becomes 70% the scorer that Matherin was. Right. Um, 70% of the guy who can take over games. We saw glimpses. Um, you know, and if he can do other things well, uh, which again, for someone with his pedigree, having played a lot of point guard, having played in some big games in, in the leagues he played in, uh, you know, I'd like to see him pick up a little bit of the Matherin slack and a little bit of the Dallantary slack. Right. Okay. Now, um, Henry Visar, kind of the uh, the ultimate, another kind of a wild card. I think people needed, he, first of all, he looked pretty good in the red-blue game. Um, but I do, I do think that there's a difference right now between him and Umar Ballo. Maybe there's not by the end of the season, but for me, I'd like to see him be a guy that plays about 17 minutes per game gets about, I don't know, seven points, four or five rebounds, because with me, for me, it's all about year two with him about getting that year two where he can really cause some damage. To me, the perfect scenario is with him where we get into the debate uh, who should be starting? Yes. Should it be Visar? Should it be Balo? Should it be Tabellus? Uh, right. You know, that they're all so good. And we were kind of at that at points last year um, where you're like, oh, Balo could start for this team. Right. He's not going to because the other two are better. But if, you know, let's say even when Tabellus Tabella struggled and then Balo got more minutes, it wasn't a huge. Uh, Drop. It was. It like, wasn't a huge drop off. You came in there and it didn't feel like it was roster filler. It felt like yeah. it was the guy that could I mean, contribute. to me, the bigger issue with Arizona losing in the Sweet 16 was not Tabellus's struggles. It was Crease's injury. Right. And that just shows you how well Balo filled in. Right. For sure. Okay. Cedric Henderson. I know that you were uh, you were intrigued by what you saw at the Red Blue game. Yeah. He's uh, he's not the player I thought he was coming. In. I thought he was a little bigger. Mm-hmm. I thought he was more of a combo. To me, he looks like a pure wing unless Arizona wants to go small. Right. And that's what I guess they need him. Here's what they need him. They need him to play good defense on big wings. They need him to accept the role, whatever it is, on a given night. Is right. he going to play 20 minutes at the three? Is he going to play 20 minutes at the four? 
Is he going to have to, you know, play some dirty work down low against bigger guys? Or is he going to go out in the perimeter and maybe try and get you some points? I, I think he's going to be a guy you might see him score 12 one night and not score the next. But if he's grabbing four boards and impactful boards and you're in good shape. Philly B. Now, again, I want to get because Philly B I find fascinating. But real quick, want to tell you first, though, about game time. Um, game time is the place that you should get all of your last minute. If you're a procrastinator like me or someone else, you this is the place that you go. Here's what you do. It's the hottest new ticketing app, and it makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets, concerts, shows at the last second. Save up to 60% of tickets when you buy tickets uh, last minute. It's great for, again, procrastinators like myself. And if you love PHNX, then you love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your links through the, or your tickets through the link in the description. What do we want to see out of Mr. Philip Borovichin in this year? And first, the only thing I'm going to say about him before I let you go here, Brad, is that He's a lot bigger than I thought he was. He's He looks like he's about 6'8", and he's a pretty well-put-together 6'8". Yeah, he's not the skinny kid I thought he was. He might yeah. be a, I actually saw some places where they were listening at 6'9". He looks legit 6'7", 6'8". Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I want from him, frankly. I just, when he gets in the game, going, should he play more? Right. Like we did with Ball last year. Mm-hmm. If we're counting on Philly B, it's one of two things. And I'm breaking my card where I'm using we now. I've been out of radio so long, I'm starting to say we again. Right. Um, There's nothing I, wrong with John Schuster is not listening to correct you. I either want to see him so good that he forces his way in the lineup. I mean, I guess that would be a perfect world that he's great. But right. realistically, you just want him to show enough that he tantalizes us for next year. Right. But again, like Ball did. I, I think Anderson could be that guy too, where we're like, ooh. I, I didn't expect that. And it might be garbage time or it might be a foul trouble situation, but I'm counting on those guys to combine the average about two points. I am. Um, dude, I I'm think in get... a perfect world, they don't see the floor much, but when they do, we're, we're intrigued. You, uh, you mentioned uh, Dylan Anderson. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit here on Dylan Anderson, because a lot of people soured on Dylan Anderson because he was roaming around in the perimeter in high school. To me, Sure, you don't want to see that, but I didn't really care about that too much because when he got to Tommy Lloyd, he wasn't going to be doing what he wanted. He was going to be doing what Tommy Lloyd wanted. And what I saw out there was a guy that put on some pretty good weight, moves around. Again, he's not super fluid, but he's definitely not as stiff either. He looks like the kind of guy that Gonzaga gets, and by the time he's a junior, he's an all-conference player. Yeah, Luke would have loved him. Right. Uh, yes, has, yes, Loot would have loved him. Because Loot, somewhere around 97, 96, decided he wanted athletic tall bigs. Right. And it started with Bramlett. And if he can be a Bramlett-esque player, uh, Arizona's in great ball shape. out of the park right there. Yeah, because, you know, Bramlett was a guy who played some good minutes early, but really became a good player junior, senior year. Right. Um, where by senior year, he was a, you know, all Pac-12 caliber player. I don't know if he was first or second team. And played a, but he played was 13 a, and seven. Played a few minutes in the NBA. I mean, yeah. if you can get that out, Dylan Anderson, you're in great shape. Um, but he's certainly more fluid than, uh, and again, I hate to be mean to the Kirk Walters ever was. Um, For sure. Mohamed Tangara at post injury. Well, yeah. That, I, yeah. I just, Tangara uh, is the great what if. But, you know, um, yeah. So I think there's a lot to work with. Now it's incumbent upon. Tommy Lloyd and Ricardo Foy and, and the rest of the guys to get it out of him. But certainly he look he looks like he's working because he's put on a lot of muscle uh, since he committed about a year and a half ago or whatever it was. 
All right, William, where can they find you? Are you got you got any podcasts coming up here? I'm gonna try and get one recorded this week. There's just been a lot going on family wise. Uh, unfortunately, some of that's negative stuff that I don't want to get into. But uh, WSR Brad on Twitter, uh, the podcast again. I have put one up in two weeks, but when it is up, it'll be up on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, wherever well you get your podcast. So just subscribe; it'll get up there. I do have some stuff I want to do, including you know talking about uh, this football team, talking a little bit about some rants about. NFL coaching that was baffling yesterday and uh yeah, yeah looking forward to basketball season because yeah we're getting closer and closer I know with media day tomorrow all right we'll be I'll be back on with you to, at four tomorrow Jason Shear gonna hop on after a media day with me but Brad as always really appreciate your time my man have a good one all right everybody out there thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast back of the A we will be back with you tomorrow at four o'clock thanks everybody for contributing appreciate you all oh.